Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet, and MKF is giving you free money and free dynasty football content with your initial deposit. Are you ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum $10 deposit to MKF, and you'll receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by one year. Monkey Knife Fight will also match your initial deposit amount, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. Featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and more, you'll find plenty of entertaining contest options, even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At MKF, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. So check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience, claim your deposit match, and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership, all at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrosen from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, that is John Superflex Dude Hogue. So I get to say whatever I want here. I can talk about sports. I can talk about politics. I can tell you a dad joke. I can piss off half of our listeners. <laughs> I can. I get to just say whatever right here. Well, yeah, just don't go too long. Because then we gotta edit it, and the guy who edits is like, he's he gets upset. We have to do that. Yeah, that guy sounds like a dick. Um, man, I'm just not totally sure what to do with myself here. But uh, yeah, for the in the interest of time, I'll just say, James, if you'll be my Jamie Lee Curtis, I'll be your Lindsay Lohan. Oh man! All right, and it's me. It's me. It's that old JTB. James <laughs> the Brain is here, and we are ready for another episode. John, it's just you and I tonight, man. It's just going to be the two of us uh, rolling through this, rolling through this one. We got a we got a fun topic, one that's very sensitive to the two of us. Yeah, and uh, we we kind of reversed roles there a little bit, John. So you can explain how uh, how that's uh, relevant to this episode. Yeah, on this Freaky Friday. Uh, it's actually Thursday right now, but uh, this thing's coming out on Friday. I always do that. I always try and explain like the 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 timeline of a podcast, and it's really insanely mm-hmm. boring to people. Yeah, what if someone's listening on a Saturday, <laughs> though? You might have just totally thrown them off. So it's a good thing you explained it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on this, on this Freaky Friday, when uh, some of you are listening to this episode, um, we're uh we're gonna switch places we're gonna switch roles do a little role reversal and uh 
We we have one per, one player that we've got to talk about in particular, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how this goes. We might have to uh, drag out a couple others. Um, you know, Sam Darnold, I think, uh, could get the uh, mm-hmm. the Freaky Friday treatment at mm-hmm, some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Who else? Do you still hate Amari Cooper? Oh God, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. There's there's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's a few. There's a few that uh, guys that I like that you probably don't like too. I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we've we've got there. There's a lot that we agree on, but when we disagree, we really disagree. And mm-hmm. uh, it all starts with one man. This is this is the ultimate disagreement for us. I mean, essentially, as long as we've been working together now. Um, so we're going to switch places on Aaron Rodgers. Oh God, just the name, just that <laughs> name saying it gives me chills up my spine. Like I'm going to, I almost have to clinch my fist, you know, like that, that meme, that Arthur meme, you know, where, uh, yeah. where he says his, his fist clinched. <laughs> like that's, that's just me. Whenever someone mentions Aaron Rodgers, um, is it- so this is going to be fun. I, I, I'll get started a little early here and, and say, uh, that he does have a very punchable face, especially with some of the some of the stupid clothes that he wears too. So, um, you're not okay. Look, <laughs> okay. So, so, so for the listeners who haven't gotten this yet, we are gonna we're gonna reverse roles. I am going to defend Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna tell you why you need to take Aaron Rodgers at his current ADP. Why he's going to outperform that? Why he's gonna be a steal? Why you want him on your fantasy squads? Even though it is the bane of my existence to, to do so, I'm going to. And John is going to do the opposite, which is going yep. to hurt him just as much as this hurts me. He is going to tell everyone why Aaron Rodgers is a sell at his current ADP, why you don't want him on your fantasy team. He is going to sell you on that part. So uh, because we're doing opposites, I, I just I got to ask one thing. You're not going to make me defend his clothing or his fashion sense. Are you John? Like we're going to keep that out of it. Cause I can't, I mean, I, there's only so much I can defend that. That's, that's rough. Well, and there's the problem is there's only so much that I can attack. I mean, statistically oh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to run out of things that aren't just absolutely sparkling pretty fast. And yeah, it's probably <laughs> going to devolve into physical appearance. I mean, that's just kind of, <laughs> that's, that's the easiest thing to go after Aaron Rodgers on. Um, let's let's not let's not do this and right? you know let's that's true passive, let's not passively start you know start like well Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is so great that the only thing I can do is make fun of his fashion sense look at this shirt <laughs> ew like no let's not, let's not go down that road all right yeah I provided I'm, some real stats some real information to defend yeah. Aaron Rodgers here I I expect I expect you sir to uphold this <laughs> this argument and do the same um, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because yeah. I definitely learned a little bit just by digging into the numbers with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, and I, I will at the end of this, I'm going to tell you whether or not I, I've changed my mind at all on Aaron Rodgers. Nice, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this in earnest. Um, you know, just kind of in the lead up here, uh, I'm I'm kind of you know taking some some obvious like backhanded shots, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll get into this and, uh, and I'll do this for real. So who's going first here? Uh, I will, I will defer to you. You can uh, choose to go first. It's almost like you won the coin toss. You can either choose to go first or defer to the second half. 
Um, I want to hear yours. I know that you uh, that you did a lot of work on this, so I want to hear what you've got. Um, okay. The okay. the pro Aaron Rodgers argument is well, if there is one. Well, look, I I uh, I had to dig. I had to dig because you know I I know all the anti Aaron Rodgers stuff right off the top of my head, right? So I'm going to present to you the best argument I can for why you want Aaron Rodgers on your team. So I'm going to start with availability. And what do I always say, John? Availability. Still an ability. Is an ability. That's right. And Aaron Rodgers, 10 of his 12 seasons as a starting quarterback, has played in at least 15 games. His availability has been fantastic. So now we look at this season and look, his his team is good. The Green Bay Packers project to be a pretty good team. However, they're likely not good enough to be in a position to rest Aaron Rodgers in given weeks, which is a good thing. You don't want a quarterback that can be rested week 14, 15, and 16 in the fantasy playoffs. So Aaron Rodgers' availability is not an issue. And guess what? For an aging asset, it's nice to know that you don't have an injury history to worry about there. So that's huge for me. That's, 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 you know, that, that is a really major selling point for me as far as why you want to buy Aaron Rodgers. Right now, he is currently going as the eighth quarterback overall in DLF Dynasty ADP. Uh, the eighth. Actually, that was in the, I'm sorry, that was in our redraft ADP information, or redraft. Uh, um, yeah. 14 in Dynasty. 14 in Dynasty, 8th in Redraft. And the reason why you want him is not only because of the availability, but production. Look, in the 10 seasons, Aaron Rodgers has started at least 15 games. He's never finished below 3,800 passing yards and never below 25 passing touchdowns. Think about that. His worst season in the past, what, uh, 10 seasons? Uh, would be 3,800 yards and 25 touchdowns. That is some quarterback's best statistical season. The fact that that's Rodgers' floor as of right now, that is his floor. Man, that that's an awful nice floor to be buying. Look, here's the, the main – one of the main selling points to me for Aaron Rodgers is this. I think his supporting cast is – pretty white, right? And I, I've mentioned that several times, but guess what? Aaron Rodgers has produced five different wide receivers to top 16 fantasy finishes at the wide receiver position. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Donald Driver, and Greg Jennings have all finished as top 16 or better fantasy wide receivers in a given year. None of those guys went on to other teams and finished even as a top 24 wide receiver since leaving uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What that tells me is, look, we talk about how quarterbacks can throw a guy open. Aaron Rodgers in his history has shown that he can do that. He elevates the level of play for those around him. So guess what? When I'm sitting here telling you that Aaron Rodgers, man, that supporting cast stinks. Well, just remember, it, it, might, it might not be very good, but Aaron Rodgers has shown in his career that he can make them better. So when I, when I see this, this lessens the concern for me about uh, the supporting cast that Aaron Rodgers has. Okay. So let's go to recency. Look, while, while Rodgers touchdowns have dipped the past two seasons from they're at 25, 26, and they were over 30 the past few seasons before that he has still eclipsed 4,000 passing yards in both seasons. And 
what was amazing to me when digging into the numbers, his passing attempts are in line with his career average. They, they haven't taken a drastic dip, which you would almost think when the running game has taken a step forward, the defense is better. Aaron Rodgers' passing attempts is still pretty much where his career average is. So that tells me the, the opportunity is still going to be there for Rodgers. Um, if he can elevate the supporting cast like he has in years past, and he's going to play 15 to 16 games, why don't you want him? Well, Here's the last thing I'm going to say about Aaron Rodgers. We've seen quarterbacks who could put up really good numbers, right? Really good passing yards, really good touchdowns. Who comes to mind last year? Jameis Winston. What was Jameis Winston's problem? Well, the interceptions. Well, you don't have to worry about that with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has never thrown a lot of interceptions. He has not hit double digits in interceptions in a season in the past 10 years. It's been over 10 years, well, 10 years, it has been since he has thrown double-digit interceptions. That's amazing. His highest has been eight in that period. So, look, you can say what you want about Aaron Rodgers and being an aging asset, but when you look at his career numbers, when you look at what he's done in his career, taking him as quarterback 14 in the dynasty is not bad. You could do a whole lot worse, and you want him on your team. And in redraft at at QB eight, there's not a safer pick. And when you're getting into after the top three, four quarterbacks that have that huge ceiling, you want Aaron Rodgers because that floor is so safe. So there is my argument for why Aaron Rodgers is a buy, why you want him on your team, why he's going to win you your leagues, why you want to take Aaron Rodgers in your drafts. Yeah. So here's the problem though. Aaron Rodgers has always been, uh, you know, he, he's been very, um, uh, man, what, what, what's even the word here? Because I, you know, (laughs) he's, I, I don't know. Like, I think that for a lot of Aaron Rodgers early career, he, he really, he benefited from a, a pretty weak, group of quarter you know being being the best quarterback in a in a relatively weak group you know you you did have Peyton Manning um kind of struggling with injuries and uh you had Tom Brady who you know you had a lot of with Tom Brady you had a lot of uh you know by then they had really kind of gotten away from letting Tom Brady really open up the playbook and throw a lot in New England. Outside of maybe one or two seasons, Tom Brady was never really a fantasy, a top fantasy asset either, right? Even though he won so many games, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, Peyton Manning really wasn't either all that much. There was a lot of game management for both of those guys. Those guys were on very good rosters. And, you know, so uh, they they were perennial contenders, there was, so there was just a lot of game management involved. We had Andrew Luck come along and have, you know, some some pretty good seasons mixed in. We've had, you know, we've seen a little bit from Cam Newton here and there. We've seen a little bit from Russell Wilson here and there. But he's never had the type of quarterbacks that are in this league right now to compete with. He's never had Pat Mahomes. He's never had Lamar Jackson. And so, sure, you know, these are these are nice looking stats for Aaron Rodgers. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of four thousand to you know forty three hundred yards, um, career high of forty six hundred, uh, and uh, you know forty four hundred. Uh, he did that uh, three times. It looks like um, beyond that that career year, um, we've seen 
you know, it's obviously the low interception percentage. Um, we've seen a fairly high touchdown percentage a lot of times. Um, he did hit nine that one time. Hit In his monster year in 2011, he hit a 9% touchdown rate. Following year, he goes for 7-1. Two years later, he goes for 7-3. So, you know, a, a, a high touchdown percentage. But the touchdown counts were never all that high. 45 is his career high. He also, he's, he passed 40, uh, well, he hit 40 one other time. Other than that, he's been sub 40 in the touchdowns. That's not QB1 type of production when you're talking about, you know, throwing touchdown passes. You know, when we just got 50 from Pat Mahomes, we got, um, what was it, 43 something like that from Lamar Jackson. I don't even have it in front of me, but, um, you know, on top of the, uh, I, I want to look that up. I, I, I want to know, um, Oh, 36, but then he also rushed for, uh, I think 12 more, something like that. So, you know, high forties is kind of what that's, that's the new bar. That's the new standard. Your quarterback one overall is supposed to be somewhere in that, you know, more than 45 is kind of the number that we're looking for. And Aaron Rodgers has never done that. 45 is his career high. We also, you know, and now on top of all that, the one thing that he's kind of had going for him is efficiency overall. And again, you know, it's it's been based on not throwing interceptions. And... You know, there's been a it's been a fairly high completion percentage, but that's gone down in the last few years. It dropped from, you know, his his let's see, his career high was 68%. It dropped down to 65% in 2016 when he was still the quarterback one overall. Then it drops to 64%, then 62.3%, then down to 62% in 2019. It's just been going down and down and down. The touchdown percentage has been dropping um, for the last, I mean, since 2014. He went from a 7.3 down to a 5.4. I mean, bounced back up into the sixes. But then the last two years, he's been uh, right around uh, around league average at about 4% touchdown percentage. So, you know, it's those these efficiency numbers that he's always kind of relied on are starting to drop. The quarterback rating has gone down every single year for the last few years when he was typically, you know, well over a hundred. Now he's down into the, the mid nineties. You know, he was, he was 120% or 122.5 rating um, down to 112 down to 104 down to 97, and then in 2019, down to 95. We really kind of saw the effect of Matt LaFleur. You could definitely say it was a new system. You could also make the argument, though, that this is what Matt LaFleur wants it to be. He wants it to be, you know, low attempts. He wants it to be heavy on the running. And, you know, he when Aaron Rodgers is going to get attempts, it's in an obvious passing situation. When, you know, the defense knows it's coming, it's third down, you just ran the ball two times, now now it's, you know, third and five, third and four, and you need a first down. The, the, and the, 
you know, those efficiency numbers are just going to drop. They just are when the defense knows and gets to go into their, you know, their dime package. They know because they know that the pass is coming. They don't have to worry about the run. So, you know, that's the type of stuff that's, that's kind of affecting Aaron Rodgers right now is the fact that, you know, you still don't have, you still don't have that second weapon that, you know, really sparks fear into the defense. And now this is an offense that, again, it's it's not going to be a, a, a very intricate one. It's not going to be a, a hard one to to read, to figure out. You know, they're just going to run until they have to pass. And now, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for the sticks, basically, and um, and you know that that's what's coming. So those efficiency numbers are going to drop. And now we just, you know, for fantasy purposes, we start to lose a lot of that production because we lose that efficiency. Okay. Well, let me start by saying that I think it's important that we clarify exactly what we are arguing as far as Aaron Rodgers is finish as far as what we're expecting from Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, you definitely made a good point with, you know, the fact that his ceiling isn't as high as some other guys, but I'm, I'm not expecting Aaron Rodgers, nor do I need Aaron Rodgers to finish as the QB one or the QB two, like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers is going as QB 14 and redraft and he finishes as QB six, he finishes as a QB one. And I have a QB1 and Aaron Rodgers I drafted as my high-end QB2, and he finishes as a QB1, and I have two top 12 quarterbacks in my starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking my chances at, at a yeah. very strong finish. So um, while Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the ceiling of Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, I would argue that he still has. He's never – I mean, even last year with all that regression, he finished as a QB1. He mm-hmm. finished in the top 12. So last year we look at, you know, do we expect Aaron Jones to get 18 rushing touchdowns again next year? I think there's some regression coming there. And I think that that probably helps Aaron Rodgers and and the passing stats. So, I mean, he can have a very similar year to last year and just bump those passing touchdowns up five or six. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he, he's in the conversation for QB7, QB6. I mean, he, he's right up there. So, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't miss by much as far as being one of those top, you know, those, those middle QB one, you know, fantasy asset. And if he's going as QB 14 this year, you could definitely see that. You can also see, you know, from a contextual standpoint, I could see Aaron Rodgers coming out and being very upset this year, playing with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove the green Bay Packers traded up to draft a quarterback to draft a quarterback, a young signal caller, I could definitely see Aaron Rodgers saying, okay, I see what you guys think of me. I'm going to make myself pretty much inexpendable. How are you going to get rid of me when I throw up 35 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, and, you know, we win our division and we're the number two seed in the NFC. And, you know, we're playing in the NFC championship game after I just had a career resurrecting type year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I could see that that's not out of the realm of possibility for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I, I, I also see could see that um, kind of happening. So uh, while there's definitely, you know, s- some of the points you made are valid uh, for sure. And, and they are concerns moving forward. Um, 
you know, we, we're definitely worried about some of the downward trends. However, I would say that even last year, with all this, with all the, uh, with all the downward trends taking effect, all we need to see is a little bit of positive regression in the touchdown category and a very similar season in that last season, and we're going to get a mid QB one finish out of Aaron Rodgers. I think with where he's going in fantasy drafts at his current ADP. This is a guy that can win you weeks. If you're grabbing him as QB 14 off the board and he finishes as QB six or seven, which I think is well within the realm of possibility for his finishes, uh, you know, you're, you're, I think you're sitting in a very good spot and you probably didn't have to, didn't have to go up and get your quarterback too. You had, you, you got to wait for him to fall to you a little bit, which means that you got to get depth at other positions. So as long as you hit at those other positions, boy, I think you're sitting in a very nice position by grabbing Aaron Rodgers as the QB 14 off the board. Yeah. I, you know, that's, it's certainly possible. I think, you know, a big key to it is, you know, getting a full game, a full season out of, Devonte Adams, which has happened once. I mean, he doesn't always miss, you know, four games. Um, but he he's he's missed time every single season of his career. Uh, it looks like he it he did it once. Uh, his third year, he he played oh. all sixteen games, but he's eclipsed a thousand yards only once too. Yeah. Yeah, um, which you know that was, it looks like that was the first year with uh, without Jordy Nelson and um, but you know anyways uh, I want to see his touchdowns as well. That's that's a little important to me. Yeah, I mean the last um, before last year he was in uh, he was in double digits every single year. So you know having him drop out of the out of double digit touchdowns down to five. He only missed four games. How does his how does his touchdown rate get cut more than in half? You know, um, with only missing four games. So, I mean, to think that Devontae Adams was going to catch another touchdown pass in each of those four games, plus catch you know at least one more in that four game stretch, is I I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a little bit of sophistry. Although, you know, I think that I think that we would be uh uh in in, in wishful thinking a little bit. Um so I'm I, I you know I think that's a big part of what has to happen for Aaron Rodgers to get that positive regression. As far as negative regression, though, you know, again, the, the this coaching staff did seem to double down on what they want to do by bringing in AJ Dillon with their second round pick, you know, to be the, uh, you know, to give them yet another threat running the ball to give them that big thumper. It, it seems like Matt LaFleur is kind of trying to build this offense into what he had in Tennessee a little bit. And, you know, it, it, it didn't quite work with what he had. So he brings in, you know, the big medicine ball to, to hand the ball to the, the Derrick Henry wannabe. You know, so it seems like the goal is to, you know, to make an even bigger push to be that type of offense, which is, you know, it, it's just going to lead to these efficiency numbers for Aaron Rodgers going down even further. You know, even an even greater split shifted towards the running game 
means, you know, less opportunities for Rodgers and he has to be that much more efficient with those opportunities. And on top of all that, a big part of him, you know, staying in the QB1 realm last year, first of all, there, you know, he had a handful of games that were um, outlier type of games that really kind of made his season five touchdowns against the Raiders being one. But, you know, we also, we had a lot of quarterbacks miss a significant amount of time last year. So, you know, it, it really kind of became, you make it into the quarterback one realm simply by staying healthy for the entire season. You know, the, the, the guys who played 16 games ended up being, you know, the, the, the top end of the quarterbacks for the most part. So, um, you know, Jared Goff was quarterback 12, I believe, or maybe it was Kirk Cousins. It was, it, you know, one of those guys that we felt like, eh, that look, looking back, that doesn't feel like that was all that great of a season. But, you know, it, just by virtue of playing all 16, they ended up being um, among the top scorers for fantasy purposes. So, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. This year, I don't know that there's going to be. I we're we're in a little bit of a golden age right now as far as quarterbacks. We're getting to a point now. We've talked about this at the running back position uh, over the last several years about the oversaturation, and you know the fact that there aren't as many jobs available as there are running backs available. We're kind of getting there with quarterbacks too. We're kind of getting to a point now where. And that's why Cam Newton ended up being so ridiculously cheap for the New England Patriots is the fact that there was nobody else to compete with them for his services. Everybody else felt like they were set at quarterback. And, you know, that that's that's going to make it that much more difficult. Like I said earlier, you know, the fact that Rodgers never had Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to compete with and it's not in, in you know Deshaun Watson like it, it it it's not just those top end guys it's the fact that the position is as deep right now as it's been in a long long time so you know i if if i think it would take it would take a fairly significant amount of positive regression for him to end up back in the QB1 position and you know in in QB1 range just because if, you know, 12 of these guys stay healthy, they're, you know, they're in more pass-heavy offenses. They have, they're in offenses that want to throw the ball more than, they're more motivated to throw the ball than, than Matt LaFleur seems to be. And, you know, I think that just by virtue of playing all 16 games in a more pass-friendly offense, more quarterback-friendly offense, a lot of these guys are going to finish ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Well, let me let me address some of your concerns here. The first, the first being about Devonte Adams, and Devonte Adams obviously, uh, you know, having a career low in touchdown catches at five. You know, the the fact that he had double digits every year before then kind of speaks to the fact that some positive regression should be coming his way. And I think if that's the case, then obviously it would come Rodgers' way as well. 
Now, I guess the only argument you could have to that is that maybe this offense isn't isn't going to use Devontae Adams that way, or they're not gonna not gonna do that in the red zone very often. And I guess that's just something that we're gonna have to see because it's only the second year in this offense uh, for Aaron Rodgers and for Devontae Adams. However, I would bank on the numbers that have shown Devontae Adams is a double-digit touchdown guy um, in the league. And, uh, and I think if we see that, if we see him, you know, get back to that, get back to double digit touchdowns, you know, that's, that's another at least five touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers. That puts him in 30. I, I think those numbers are pretty good. I, and second, you, you, the, the, the second point that you had brought up and, and I think it's, it's a very valid one is, is a concern is, is their draft. You know, you, you, you can say whatever you want as far as what you want to do as a coach. You know, we hear a lot of coach speak, but you can't hide your, your transactions. You can't hide your moves, your draft picks, your free agents. And basically what the green Bay Packers did, it shows that they, they want to run the ball. Absolutely. However, we have to remember, look, did they go get A.J. Dillon? Yes. But Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both in contract years. So while getting getting A.J. Dillon shows that they want to run the ball, a commitment to the run, it could also show the fact that they don't have long-term plans for Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams being there. Now, this free agent running back class is going to be – it could be very, very, very talent-laden. Why pay Aaron Jones when you could have a guy out there like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara? Or I, I, there is just a litany of guys that are entering contract years that might be available. Uh, and so why pay a top echelon guy when one of those top echelon guys might come at a discount because of the saturation at the running back position? Or why pay him when you have A.J. Dillon, who, you know, it could end up being the, the heir apparent there. Uh, so I, I think that pick may very well be for the future more than it is for now. I think for now, they, they really are going to have to rely a little bit on Aaron Rodgers and that passing game, especially more than last season. Because, you know, when, when, whenever defenses get film on, on what you want to do, and, you know, now they have a year worth of film of Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, normally they do a pretty good job of defenses, do a good job of adjusting and stopping what you want to do. Well, mm-hmm. the counter to that is – by being able to do the opposite, by being able to throw the ball more, by being able to throw the ball more in the red zone. Um, obviously, you know, the, the the rushing attempts were high in the red zone. That's what got Aaron Jones 18 rushing touchdowns for the most part. Um, so, you know, maybe that positive regression comes back to Aaron Rodgers. It's not out of the, the, the realm of possibilities. Let's at least put it that way. Another point I want to bring up is the competition has gotten a whole lot easier for Devontae Adams. Um, look, Darius Slay is no longer in this division. That's twice that Devontae Adams doesn't have to see him. Xavier Rhodes, not in this division. Basically, both those teams drafted cornerbacks. Detroit early in the first, uh, and, and Minnesota drafted Jeff Gladney later. Um, but, I mean, that those are rookies. Those are guys that Devontae Adams, if he winds up against, is is – probably going to have his way against you know i mean that there's no darius slay in this division now um so i think the competition gets easier and i think that's a that's a plus and i think if we're looking at matchups that's a plus for Devonte adams as well um and the only other thing i will say is look uh you know you you were saying about the competition you're right there is an increased competition but john the problem is is that everyone sees all this potential at the quarterback position and the price for those guys is so much higher. When you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and 
Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray, they are going much higher than Aaron Rodgers. The great thing about Aaron Rodgers is you get to get him so much later, which means you can absorb, you can take one of those guys and then you can complement them with Aaron Rodgers later. And you can also soak up some other positional value in the meantime, before you have to grab an Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So you can have the best of both worlds. You can have a high ceiling guy like Kyler Murray, and you can have a high floor guy like Aaron Rodgers, a guy who you just know his worst statistical season in the, since he, you know, in the starting year is 3,800 yards and 25 touchdowns. You can have a guy who has that floor and then you can have a guy with a high ceiling and you can have both. You can have the best of both worlds there, uh, but you're going to get value on one of those guys. And that's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that that's what I would say there. And also, you, you're absolutely right that uh, that that you know there were some injuries last year. But again, mm-hmm. availability is an ability, and Rodgers has it in spades. He has it year in and year out. And that's the impressive part about Aaron Rodgers is you never have to worry. It gives you state of mind. It gives you peace. Peace. Uh, you know, you, you're at peace with the quarterback position because you know. Week in and week out, you can put Aaron Rodgers in your lineup and not really have to worry about it too much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be awesome. (laughs) I kind of, I I ran out of my arguments actually. So um, I, yeah, I don't know. How do we get out of this? Because uh, I, I, I'm kind of out of, of reasons. And maybe, maybe now you can make the argument against him. Um, you know, in a, in a little bit more succinct and, and refined, uh, fashion than, than, uh, what it usually is, which is just that he's old and washed up and look at this picture of him going bald. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you did a really good job of pointing out some of the main things that I have an issue with. And that is, you know, there, there's, there's regression, you know, unfortunately, um, over the past three seasons, we've seen um, regression, and we don't know that uh, that his career averages, that what he's done in the past, um, is 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 going to return. You know, we don't know if this is a downward trend, whether or not yeah. that's because I, I don't think it's because of well, talent. I mean, we have eyes; we can see that he's talented, but yeah. the coaching staff, we just don't know. We we don't know for sure that they're well, going to use him in that in that way. You know? Yeah. And, and you know what, I, I and I really kind of prioritized these arguments a little bit. I started with the ones that, you know, really are genuine fears for me. And I kind of, st- I started with the idea that, again, you know, even in his, his, his best season, because, you know, those of us, um, which I think is down to just me at this point, but those of us who still believe in Aaron Rodgers uh, will point to the fact that, you know, he he finished as a as the QB one overall for fantasy purposes four times and top two a total of six times. And you know, and and I mean that was all really at the beginning of his career, essentially. It was like the first six years where he stayed healthy, he was a top two quarterback. But you know, you go back and look at those numbers, and and again, it's like I mean, he did that with like 38 touchdowns, 36 touchdowns is, you know, as much as I think that, you know, he still has it in him to be the quarterback, the the quarterback one overall. I also do recognize 
that the bar for quarterback one overall has risen immensely when you get guys like Pat Mahomes coming into the league, you get guy, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, certainly Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray is, is a threat. Um, I, I think that we even, you know, we even agree that Drew Locke could be in that conversation as well. Like he's got a, he's got the capacity and he's got the weapons and the offense, you know, for, you know, 45 or more touchdown passes. So, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback one overall with, you know, 38 touchdowns and only four interceptions and then, you know, 4,400 yards, I, you know, 10 years ago, that was, that, that was a hell of a stat line. Well, and one of the things I didn't bring up and, and this was intentionally was, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers used to have a very nice, used to get a nice bump in his rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we've we've really seen those decline to the point where it's um, the, the rushing yards are, are just not there. Um, they're just – but before, I mean, there was, there was years where you'd get, you know, 300 and some rushing yards and you'd get like four or five rushing touchdowns. Like he was not afraid to run that ball in the end zone and that has gone down you know, significantly. Um, it's, it's yeah. not, you can't count on it as much. Whereas, you know, back then when, you know, he's throwing 38 and rushing for five touchdowns. I mean, that's that rushing touchdown, you know, w- was huge when you can get four or five in a year. Um, unfortunately we don't see that from Aaron Rodgers anymore. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, age or if that's, he just wants to stay healthy. Um, he understands the importance that he has to that team to, to stay healthy. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but I know for fantasy purposes, it kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's also been kind of scheme a lot. Um, well, and so, you know, 2018 again, like people, people hate it when I, when I point this out because it sounds like an excuse, but, I mean, the, the MCL sprain in the very first, the, the first half of the first game. And he dealt with that, with that knee injury for the entire season. Not only did it affect his ability to throw the ball down the field, it certainly affected his mobility. 2019, I think, you know, it, that could have been more scheme. And it could have been the fact that, you know, right now we're, we're you know, we're going power eye. And we're running the ball right up the middle and there's nothing anyone can do about it. So like, why, why would we get fancy with some, some QB keepers when, you know, we can just, we can do exactly what we want to do in the running game and let the guys that we pay to run up the middle and get, you know, take those hits. We can just let them do that. So, um, but you know, so much of this for me, the, uh, you know, the, the return to, QB one overall type status um, for Aaron Rodgers is is predicated on the idea that there's going to be regression pretty much across the board for that offense, you know, in one way or another. the The rushing game is in for negative regression. I don't think that they end up at the one yard line quite as much. You know, I don't think that that they end up in that situation as much. And even if they do. You know, if if the running game isn't as effective as it was last year, maybe you do start to see more of those QB keepers. 
Maybe you do see, you know, you're not going to get a ton of yards. Like you said, uh, you know, he used to go for, you know, 300 some yards rushing that part. That's probably gone. I'm, I'm with you there. There's kind of no reason to have him, you know, take off and run outside of the, you know, the, the one yard line, basically, (laughs) you don't want that happening, but, um, you know, I, I, it does give you some options when, you know, you allow him to, to run the ball down around the goal line, all of a sudden, you know, it opens up play action. It opens up, um, you know, it, it can open things up for the running game again. So, um, you know, I, I do think that there's room for that part. I just don't think, uh, the, the yardage is going to be there, but I, I, but I think that's okay. I don't think that you necessarily need all the rushing yards from him. It's just the, the part that I, that I worry about the most. And like, you know, part of this is that I'm, I'm not in a position now to to back off of this, this take, (laughs) um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live with it and I'm going to die with it. You know, that's just, that's, yeah. I'm literally on the Island and there's no way off anymore. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you real quick here. I, after digging into the stats, um, I have come around a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I am probably more in line with consensus mm-hmm. at this point. Um, around QB 14, 15 is where I could see myself considering taking him in redraft yeah. uh, before I was not even there. <laughs> so um, that was something. Uh, but guys like Ryan Tannehill, who I had over him, I, I'm probably below him now. Yeah. Uh, I, I've come around to the fact that I think Aaron Rodgers has a very safe floor. Um, I don't know that his ceiling is ever going to be what it once was. Uh, I think those days are in the past, but I do think that 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 floor is very safe and I like to play dynasty in two year windows. And I think Rogers has at least two years of, of good production left in him. Um, mm-hmm. So if I can get him at my QB 14, uh, 15, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So um, I have changed my tune a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. I haven't come full circle. I'm not where you are yet. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not, you know, QB five for me or anything, yeah. uh, but, uh, but I have, I, 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 I will say, that I was a little harsh on him. And, and I, I knew I probably was, you know, I, I knew there was some bias there. Um, and basically I knew that not only because, you know, you would tell me, but also, <laughs> also more or less because um, you and I both had passionate takes on it. Um, so we both kind of had an, a vested interest in opposite sides. So when I heard it from neutral parties that said, Hey, you know, you're, you're pretty biased on this thing though. Um, it kind of, kind of opened my eyes to, yeah, maybe I am, maybe I need to dig in deeper. So uh, the fact, that I got to do this with you, um, was, was fun. And it, uh, I learned a lot in the process. So, uh, hopefully you did too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's important to be realistic about some of this stuff. It's so easy to fall into, you know, quote unquote, take lock. Um, it, maybe there's a a better term for it. No, it's a a little less cliche. (laughs) That's a great term for it. I think, I think it, 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 uh, it just hits the, it hits the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah. Lots of takes. Yeah. It, and it, it, I mean, I, I just think it's important to, um, this is why I loved the idea when you came to me with it, because I, I do, I think it's important to, you know, to stop just, just, 
shouting into the abyss that like this is what is going to happen and actually kind of question it. And, you know, because a big part of it for me with Aaron Rodgers is like the consensus is too low. Like that, that's just the reality to me. It's not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come around to the idea that he's outside of the top, the top 12 or even top six quarterbacks for dynasty superflex purposes. Like that's never, that's not going to happen. Um, that's way too low. Him going at 14 overall right now is way too low. And, and the people who take him, who, you know, they wait until QB 14 to finally take him because of his age are the same people who are going to take Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, regardless of the fact that, you know, his usage and his age and his contract, quite frankly, dictate that he's in that same range. He's, they, they do it to, uh, you know, they do it to Aaron Rodgers. They do it to Julio Jones. They say, yeah, you've got to downgrade him because he's, he's, you know, he's nearing the cliff. He's nearing the end of his career expectancy. But the running backs, they don't do it. They don't acknowledge that the running backs, there, there are several of these running backs, in fact, who are, you know, one or two years away from being completely fantasy irrelevant. Yeah, and, the, and the, you know, the overarching point there that I think you and I have discussed several times is there's so many nuances to Superflex. Mm -hmm. It's not just about quarterbacks. And one of the things is churning running backs is just so important. Yeah. Like, you know, like you, you have always said, you know, even even a guy who hasn't been high on running backs has, has said, you know, get your running backs in the rookie draft, get them late, load up on 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 young running backs because – that's what you want to do. You always constantly want to churn. If you hit on one or two and you have, you know, 10 young running backs on your roster. Great. Awesome. You hit on one or two, you've got three or four years before they become replaceable and you have yeah. to find, find someone new, but quarterbacks not like that. You know, we have Aaron Rodgers at what 37, 38 still going. We've got Tom Brady in his forties still going big Ben, Phillip rivers, Drew Brees, all these guys are aging assets and they're still going, but, but these were guys that were contributing in their twenties, you know? So uh, at quarterback, you know, it's not, it's not like uh, it's as volatile a position. So when you see an age, at quarterback, you don't always have to freak out. You can understand they probably still have a good two, three years left. They're not asked physically to take the pounding that a running back is and hold up to it, you know? So uh, yeah. it, they, you get more years out of them. So, yeah, absolutely. It's just a, it's another nuance that, uh, that in Superflex you really – really in any leagues you want to, you want to turn running backs in my opinion, any dynasty league, but, oh, yeah. um, but yeah, in super flex, it's, it's really kind of important to know the type of quarterbacks like that, that you can go and get and know that, Hey, you don't have to replace them right away. you got a couple of years, um, keep churning those running backs and those rookie drafts. Yeah. I actually tweeted out today. My, uh, the, the, the last article in the super flex life series, um, it, you know, it all kind of comes together with just an overall roster construction that I call that I call the flywheel. Um, basically, it's it's kind of evenly distributing your power, your energy throughout your entire roster. And, you know, obviously, I'm still going, you know, QBX. I'm still um, I'm still taking, you know, five plus quarterbacks. But um you know, the, the kind of the big thing is you're, you go very minimal at wide receiver. And then, so 
for a 24 man roster, I had uh, five quarterbacks, four wide receivers on active roster. Um, the secret is there's a, probably a couple more on uh, taxi squad, two or three more on taxi. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. it at wide receiver, two tight ends. You know, you've got your starter, you've got your backup. Maybe you've got one of those on uh, on taxi as well. But, you know, there's kind of no reason to to take all that many tight ends either. And then 13 running backs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of hammering running back throughout the draft because it takes a bunch of them and it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, obviously you'd like at least one high end running back at some point. You'd like some guys who catch a lot of passes as well. You know, you can get those ca- pass catching specialists like James White, you know, some of those guys throughout the draft. But, um, you know, ultimately you just, you just need a lot of them, but yeah, I, I mean, and I, I, I digress there, but like the, the point being, it's just, it gets, it, it gets frustrating to me when, you know, people talk about how, you know, they, they want to play in a, a small window when they're talking about running backs and want to play in a two to three year window. And these running backs are probably going to give me another two to three years. But then they'll pass on guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And they'll pass on wide receivers like Julio Jones and AJ Green because, you know, they they're not long for the league anymore. And it's like that's just you see the contradiction, right? Please tell me that you do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. But so, you know, again, to me, the consensus is way too low on Aaron Rodgers still. You know, 14 is still way too low. Uh, quarterback one overall, although I'm going to stand by it, but I'm also going to acknowledge that it's not real likely. That's a very extreme position, and that's me attempting to pull everybody back towards the middle so maybe we can settle somewhere <laughs> around quarterback seven or eight. Um, it doesn't seem to be working, but that's, well, I tell you what we, we, uh, so QB 14 and, and we, we, uh, you know, before this episode, you would say that is way too late. And I would mm-hmm. say there, that's way too early. Don't take them there. <laughs> yeah. And and I've, I've at least come around to say that's, that's about, right. <laughs> okay. That's about right. So I've, I've come, I've, I've moved a little bit in, in one direction, not as much as you would like. You you would, you would like me to be traveling at mock speeds and, you know, get to, get to Aaron Rodgers as QB one in record time, but that's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see that ceiling for him, especially with, like you said, I mean, there's, there is a, uh, we're in the golden age of quarterback, man. There's a lot of quarterbacks that can put up points, but again, it, it, a lot has to go right for a lot of these guys. Like you said, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, these are second-year guys. Heck, Kyler Murray. Like, you know, he adds DeAndre Hopkins, and all of a sudden we expect him. This reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield last year. Um, So, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys, and then there's some aging guys too. Drew Brees um, might be ahead of him right now, but this is likely Drew Brees' last year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age. Matthew Stafford, you know, he's got back injuries issues um his wife has already had some some problems with the league already who knows if, if Matthew Stafford's going to play again next year um you know so there are some guys that are ranked ahead of him that you know come this time next year if Aaron Rodgers has a bounce back year um he could easily be 
top seven, you know, in, 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 uh, dynasty ADP, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And again, I mean, my, my big concern in, you know, where the kind of the, the two headed monster where, um, not only does he miss QB one overall, but <laughs> like he struggles to finish as a QB one. And it's, it, they're two very realistic scenarios, honestly. Number one is again, the court, just the depth at quarterback right now, you know, but number two in, you know, just to, just to get back to kind of what we were saying earlier is, you know, my overwhelming point when it comes to like, if, you know, when I'm making the anti Aaron Rodgers case is that his stat line when he finished as the QB one, you know, or QB two in the first, you know, four or five years of his career as a, as a starting quarterback anyways, though you go back and look at those stat lines and, you know, one of them was, one of them was on par with what Lamar Jackson just did, um, you know, between, you know, with 45 passing touchdowns and, uh, you know, 4,600 passing yards. And then, you know, he goes over 5,000 yards with the rushing and then, um, you know, 50 touchdowns with the, the, with the rushing touchdowns included. So, you know, but beyond that, these were not QB one overall in 2020 type of stat lines. He's only done that once where you look at those numbers and you're like, that would hold up against Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and, you know, Dak Prescott and, and all those guys. It, it, and it hasn't happened since 2011. Like it, that's nine years ago that the last time he was really good enough that you could say, man, that's, or, you know, at least that the stat line was good enough that you look at, at that and say like, that's, that's what QB one overall looks like in 2020. So it's definitely yeah. a concern. My, my thing is I would really love it if somebody who does projections would do a, a little bit more realistic set of projections that's not based on what happened in 2019. And it doesn't mention the fact that he's 37 years old. <laughs> like one time somebody do that for me, somebody actually compile numbers that assume that there's going to be positive regression in the passing game because they're pretty much have to, there's going to be negative regression in the running game because they're pretty much has to. You know, they're again, they're not going to be stuck at the one yard line nearly as much anymore. They're not going to get all those pass interferences in the end zone and then let Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams clean it, clean it up. That's not going to happen nearly as often. You know, the 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 defense isn't going to be as good as it was in 2019. They're going to have to chase points more. Like you said, this the defenses in this division just got quite a bit worse. Although I don't know if if they were better off matching up Devontae Adams against Xavier Rhodes or or um you know if they'll be yeah, sure. <laughs> last year that was a that was a plus matchup for most people. Well, Devontae Adams kind of owned him too over the course of, of their careers. So um, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the it I don't know. I, I, I think that they're they probably have they have an easier schedule this year. 
Yeah, um, I mean, and, and let's not forget, Minnesota also lost a lot on the line, losing Linval Joseph, losing Everson Griffin. I mean, they they they've their defense is is suspect coming into the year, not only in the back end, but I mean, up front they lost a lot too. So, um, if they can't get a pass rush like they were able to either, that could really help uh, Rodgers as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And let's Even, not forget the Bears losing Eddie Goldman is huge. I mean, that guy was was a. a, a blocker eat a uh, block eater um for them um and so you know they lose him uh he opts out with you know with covid and so um you know covid yeah. concerns and so that that's a huge loss for them too so i mean there, there's that that division didn't do themselves any favors on the defensive end let's let's put it that way um for most of those teams yeah yeah exactly and you know i the the packers aren't going to play the uh the entire nfc uh west this year um yeah they've they've got an easier schedule more pass friendly schedule um there's 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 there are just a lot of reasons why 2020 is not going to look like 2019 well and here's the thing i i'll be honest with you this is one of the things that frustrates me the most is when people do projections based off of last year's stats yeah but if it was that easy if it was that easy for us to do projections just just go by last year's stats anybody could do this anyone yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we wouldn't be needed because you, you know you just look at last year's stats pick up a magazine look at last year's stats and go oh okay i know who's going to finish number one this year you know i'll yeah. get caffrey or lamar jackson like yeah. So it's, it's, it's maddening when people do that and then they look and, and they'll say, you know, teams, uh, players that, that went nuts that had really, really good years. Oh, well, they're going to regress. Well, yeah, that's going to happen with like 40, 50% of the players, maybe even more, like there's going to be regression that we don't see like, and, and there's volatility at other positions outside of quarterback running back last year. If you look at first round running backs, guys like David Johnson went in the first round last year. That's going to happen to someone. That could be Zeke Elliott. You know, like if you would have told people that last year, hey, David Johnson's gonna gonna be terrible and his career is basically gonna be over by the end of the year, people would have laughed at you. Like nobody thought that that was a possibility that that was going to happen. So like th- there's a lot that can happen. We have to actually project what's going to happen. Uh, try to at least project what's going to happen. Try to read tea leaves and try to use more than just what happened last year you know, in our stats. So yeah, it, it drives me mad when someone comes out with a model and says, well, this is based off of the last two years of what they've done. And, you know, we averaged it out and, you know, added a few bells and whistles and this is about what we got. Like nah, there's more, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not only will we not need fantasy analysts, we wouldn't need projections either. Just your, your projections are last year's stats. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just going to yeah. exactly what happened last year is going to happen again this year. Look at With, this. Everybody was 100% in their rankings this yeah. year. Again, <laughs> fantastic job, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's where, and, and it's not just Aaron Rodgers. I, I wish that projections, you know, would, would, I, I don't know. In, in this, this really gets into, this is the wrong thing to be talking about, you know, an hour into this thing, <laughs> but um, it, it really gets into, you know, part of my struggles with, with the analytics side of fantasy football analysis overall is just the idea that, you know, outliers don't exist. So last year, you know, those, those outliers that that's not an actual outlier. That's just, you know, that's part of that guy's range of outcomes now. 
Michael Thomas is going to be as efficient as he was. You know, he's going to get um, just as many targets and he's going to catch them all. You know? Yeah, no. And, and, and you're right. And that, and, and one of the things that I always kind of find is funny is if someone asks me my, my take on a, on a player and, uh, and I don't use, you know, only analytics to, to give my take um, and I'm wrong. Someone's they're they're going to, someone's going to let me know, Hey, you were wrong on this man <laughs> with analytics. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? That's, that's okay. It's an outlier. Outliers happen. Like that's, that's okay. Like he's, he's in the rare minority, like the majority I'll hit on. And that's like, man, I don't get to use that. I don't get to say like, Oh, it's all right. You know, I I hit on most of my projections. Like I got to take ownership for that. Like the analytics guys, sometimes I feel like get to skate by, you know, and they, they, Oh, it's all right. Outlier, outlier, outlier." (laughs) like, you know, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, this this is a horse of a different color, John. This is an episode all to its own. So, <laughs> right. I, I I think I think this I I think this is it. I think let's, let's wrap it up here, John. Um, so to to everyone out there, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feed, and do us a huge favor by rating and reviewing the show. That helps us get to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our listeners, our super friends. Get to us on Twitter. Uh, you can find John at uh, you can find the show at Superflex Show. You can find John at Superflex Dude. You can find myself at underscore James the Brain. Want to send a special thank you to the DLF platform and the DLF family of podcasts, and thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the use of their music. And above all else, thank you for listening. Until next time, John. Stay sexy and super flexy.